0: You are listening to a bonus episode of the Slaying Your Inner Dragons podcast. It's time for another edition of the Slaying Your Inner Dragons podcast. This is another bonus episode. This is Jackson Herod. I'll be doing this one solo. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, dealing with ADHD. I'm gonna. I have a list of. Uh, some symptoms I'm going to go over and then, uh, if they apply to me in any way, I'll be telling some stories and talking about them. Uh, let's talk about what ADHD is. It's attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, a neurodevelopmental disorder that occurs in teens, kids, and adults. And I was first diagnosed with it when I was 12 years old. And, um, was medicated for it for a while and then for whatever reason i i am kind of unaware was not medicated for just decades and the decades that uh, i wasn't um kind of went off the rails but you know i can't blame everything on that but um, i think it was at least partially to blame so without further ado let's go ahead and um dive into the list Um, the first one would be lack of impulse control as I said in the previous deep dive um, the thank goodness I never dove into drugs and alcohol much I did drink with friends when I was younger but I always had a real high tolerance for alcohol so um, it wasn't a ton of fun to me Um, because, you know, I didn't feel anything from it. And so, um, that was never a big deal for me. And like I said, I never took any drugs, but, uh, my impulse, my worst impulses, uh, dealt with women and money. Um, I kind of bounced from one woman to another from the ages of probably 19, to, um, into my mid thirties. I mean, I never was out of a relationship for very long and, uh, would jump into relationships before I really got to new pe- pe- people. I r- repeated the same pattern over and over and over and over. And you think after the, you know, 10th or 15th time that i would learn, but I didn't. So, um, uh, you know, I'd dive in before really getting to know these people and, um, uh, most of the time, it came back to bite me in the rear. Sometimes, uh, you know, it was actually a good person or whatever, and we got along, I had no issues. But those were few and far between. But um, yeah, that was that was one impulse that I had um, major struggles with, and still do to this day. I mean, even now, medicated or whatever, I tend to dive back into that same deal where. Uh, I don't like not being in a relationship or not having somebody to spend time with. So I tend to try to rush that sort of thing. So, um, it's still something that I struggle with. And then the second impulse, um, issue was with money. Um, when I was a kid, I was, I stupidly one time took a credit card that didn't belong to me. And, uh, went on a trip with some friends without asking and that's kind of where it began. And, uh, it, it got worse over the years and, um, uh, I don't want to talk about it too much cause it's, it still bothers me, but, um, I pretty much got disowned by my family on a couple of occasions. I think eventually they realized that something was, you know, bad, wrong. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't that I was doing it on purpose necessarily. But to me, I I explained this a little in the, in the previous podcast, um, that high of, you know, getting what you wanted or whatever, to me at times was worth, you know, the hell that you'd catch after. So, I think that's why I went back to it over and over and over, but I nearly lost my family over it. And, um, thankfully, um, you know, apologies have been made, and, um, we're in a good place now, but but they are saints for, for, you know, not disowning me for good, because I certainly deserved it, or put me in jail or whatever, so, that's that. And then, another impulse that I've had that I just thought of would be, uh, eating. Um, you know, I tend to eat as a, as, um, you know, whenever I'm feeling down or whatever, you know, eating junk or whatever would make me feel good. So those are a couple of impulses that, um, you know, I've dealt with, but that's lack of impulse control was number one on several lists that I read lack of focus is number two on the list or hard to pay attention. Um, the only time I really have a lack of focus um, is when, you know, I'm trying to focus on something and someone comes at me with something else. I can very easily lose focus on what I'm doing, but I almost have the opposite, which, which is actually number three. So this one doesn't necessarily apply to me, um, that much, but uh, apparently a lot of people deal with a lack of focus and uh, ha- having a hard time paying attention. Number three is actually hyper focusing. And this is something that, uh, I do all the time, including since we started this podcast and that's being unaware of anything else around you, just focusing on the one task that you, uh, you know, having in, in at hand, and uh, since we started this podcast, this has been, you know, the, my main focus. And I I noticed over time that I was neglecting friends and uh, responsibilities and, and uh, you know social things that I had planned and stuff like that. And so I've I've had to make myself step away from doing podcast things and stuff like that because i i can see that i'm doing it and uh you know it hurts people's feelings i don't i don't know if they understand that it's something that you that you do or what but i know that it hurts people's feelings so it's something i'm um, definitely trying to work on but i definitely See and admit that I'm doing it. Number four would be poor listening skills. Um, that's something I don't necessarily deal with. Sometimes it may seem like it because I tend to be the type of person that, um, you know, somebody will tell me something and I'll counter it with a story of my own. And that's just a bad instinct of mine that I have. A, one particular friend of mine gets on me about that a lot that, you know, no matter what we're talking about, like I've always got a a comeback story for it. So I guess in that way I have poor listening skills, but I do listen and I do remember. So, um, I don't know if that would actually fit. Uh, number five would be procrastination. And, um, I don't know that I do that that much. Um, I usually, if I, if I have something I know I need to get done, I I take care of it. So, uh, I mean, it's definitely on the list, but I really don't think that applies to me much. Number six, you misplace common items. That happens sometimes. Um, I usually keep things pretty organized. So, uh, that's not a real big one for me. Um, restlessness and anxiety. Those are, those are both big things anxiety, especially is something that I've dealt with kind of later in life. Um, I just got to where, um, I just don't, you know, I'm not that social anymore. I, I quit being social, quit going to see a lot of people. I don't like to travel very much anymore. Um, for years I didn't date at all. Um, it just got worse and worse over the years. And I'm just now getting to the point where I can, you know, get back and, and have a dating life and be fairly social and, uh, things like that. But it's definitely been an issue. And, um, you know, it's a struggle from day to day to sometimes even get up out of bed. And that's, that's because of the lack of sleep, which I think the the ADHD medication that I'm taking right now, um, sometimes causes or whatever which is terrible last night in fact um you know I was up till or up till 7 this morning so I'm kind of halfway running on empty but uh you know I'm still here so but yeah that's definitely a sign I mean that definitely causes restlessness you know the lack of sleep or whatever and um I think one, one of the big deals is my brain just won't shut off I mean yesterday I worked on this podcast, um, just, you know, getting it on all the different podcast sites and putting together a website and getting t-shirts ready and this and that and the other, uh, you know, all day and pretty much all night. So, um, just shutting, shutting your brain off and, and not taking things so seriously that really aren't that serious to begin with is something I really need to work on number eight would be disorganization and problems prioritizing. Uh, I'm pretty, I mean, I'm pretty organized, so that isn't necessarily an issue I deal with. Uh, problems prioritizing probably is, um, I don't know that that's one that, uh, I kind of focus on, uh, Well, I don't know. I think my priorities are in pretty good places, so that I don't know that this one applies. Uh, You're a thrill seeker. I think when I was in my 20s, absolutely. Uh, Not so much now. Um, I did a lot of things back then. uh, Just kind of for the high of doing them. Uh, i won't get into them too much but they they were related to uh, women and things like that um that that was my uh, you know that was that was the main thrill that I, that i sought basically so um definitely in, you know in my 20s but not so much now i think they I say that, and there, there, um, there may you know there may be occasions, but not so much. <sighs> Number ten would be relationship woes that are caused by ADHD, and this is a topic we're probably going to have a whole episode on later on. But um, I think ADHD definitely causes relationship woes because a lot of times a person with ADHD tends to get bored or disinterested or forget certain things and, uh, it, it definitely causes problems. There's been a couple of relationships where I just got too comfortable with somebody and, um, you know, forgot to do certain things that in a relationship you need to do to keep one going. And by the time that they you know, talk to me about it. It was pretty much too late. And there's a lot of, there were a lot of relationships and people that I dated that, um, I just got disinterested in and just left. I mean, this, this is back when I was unmedicated and, um, I was very flighty. I did that in not just relationships, but in jobs and, um, school and everything else like if I got disinterested in something I was gone and you know I apologize to uh, you know any people that may listen to this that I dated in the past or whatever that, that happened to because it it was just something that you know that was just how I was back then and uh, I don't have any excuse for it it was just how you know the type of person I was then. And, um, you know, it costs me a lot, uh, relationship wise. I don't, there's maybe one or two that I, I kind of, I think I may have jumped the gun a little soon on, but, um, the vast majority, you know, I'm okay with, but, um, as far as jobs and uh, school, I definitely regret leaving because it cost me a lot of money. It cost me, uh, you know, a degree way sooner than you know I actually got one, and um, it just it, the very stupid decision. So <laughs> this next one is is is. Definitely something I struggle with. Impatience and low frustration tolerance. I have struggled with this all my life. I think it it is probably hereditary. Um, I'm the type of person that, um, when I'm working on a project, if I set a time for it, um, you know, I want to stick to that time and uh, get it done and be done with it. And um, when things don't go as planned, I tend to kind of blow a gasket. And it's something that I've struggled with my whole life. It's something that people in my family have struggled with our whole lives. And, um, you know, it, it happened. I'll be just very candid. It happened when I was putting together this show before Malice came along. Um, and it caused the show to kind of take a change. And then that's kind of how malice got here. And then the other day, uh, again, being candid, we had technical issues when we tried to record our episode zero, which is coming this weekend. And, um, you know, I, I overdid it again. It's definitely something that I'm working on, but and I know it wasn't Malice's fault. It was the weather, so I didn't I didn't blame her in the least. But um, I just I have a hard time when things don't go as planned. And I guess in at this point in my life, all the things that hadn't gone as planned, I should be used to it by now, and be able to deal with it. But I still have a hard time with it. So this one is a, this one may be one of the biggest ones that I struggle with. Self-focused behavior is number 12. Being an only child, this is something I also have struggled with my whole life, Um, you know, and and it's something, as you can see, or as you can hear by listening to this podcast, I tend to do a lot of things outside of, you know, just our, regular podcast, this is my second, uh, solo episode, um, I kind of try to keep my brain busy at all times, so I I constantly am working on different things, so, um, you know, I'm very self-focused, I'm an only child, um, and, um, I've had problems in the past, especially on our, on one of the old podcasts. I wor- worked on delegating things for the co host to do, and that's something that Malice and I have talked about, too. Um, but I am definitely ha- have gotten better at it, and um, I don't know. I did, part of me just, I know what I am capable of, and I can depend on myself, and so sometimes it's just easier for me to just do it myself, and um, I don't like to burden somebody, you know, if they have multiple jobs or another podcast or whatever, I don't like to burden them with a bunch of extra responsibilities, so I kind of throw that on, on my back, and sometimes it comes back to bite me, sometimes it doesn't, but that's just always how I've been. I'm, I'm definitely working on it. Uh, you'll be hearing a lot more from Malice. Like I said, she'll, she's going to have her own bonus episodes too. And you know, we're going to be doing plenty of episodes together. So, uh, you'll be hearing a lot more from her, but don't you worry. (laughs) Number 13, emotional outburst and frequent mood swings. Another one I struggle with a lot. Um, the medication I'm on, I think, has a lot to do with it, and the lack of sleep. But in, uh, in the last week or two, um, there were days where um, I things that shouldn't. Or the last couple of weeks, let's just say that last month, there were things that I talked about that would have never upset me that for whatever reason I just like broke down crying uncontrollably over. Uh, One was about my grandfather, which, I mean, he died in 1996, and I've told the story a million times without crying, so I don't understand why it was that emotional. I ended up, I was talking to somebody on the phone and ended up having to get off the phone and like compose myself, and then during the course of that next few days or whatever, cried several other times. So And there were times where the crying was... Uh, was valid. I mean, it was, it was something that was emotional enough. Yes. I could see myself, you know, crying over that, but there were other times too that, um, it was just little things and, and the littlest thing would tear me up and, and, and it, it, it bothered me because I knew that wasn't, um, you know, that wasn't my style as far as frequent mood swings. Um, that was worse when I was unmedicated. Um, a lot of times the littlest kind of hateful comment that somebody would give me could could throw me from zero to 10,000, um, you know, in a second. And that's something I think that is part of my family. There's other people in the family without saying who that, that deal with that issue too. And um, so... It's something that I work on and now, since being medicated, can avoid a lot. I mean, there were times where I was just freaking flat-out embarrassing. Like, there were times where Dad and I got into yelling matches uh, at at the grocery store and, you know, times that I was at, at dinner with family members and, and somebody would say something, and it was probably a joke. But I didn't take it as a joke. I'd end up leaving the room. And um, <laughs> one particular time, I'm sure my buddy Scott—that's pro- will probably listen to this—remembers. Um, <laughs> I was I was 18 or 19. We had a group of f- my friends over, and uh, my mom said something to the effect of "You're nothing but a failure. You're nothing but something or other." And I said, "Well, you're nothing but a bitch," and. My dad and I nearly got into it over that, and it was a big mess. So, um, yeah, frequent moves, wings have, have been a problem in the past but aren't so much anymore, thankfully, because um, I don't like how that feels, and I'm, I'm glad I've got it under control now. Difficulty remaining still is something, uh, it was an issue for me more as a child than it is now. Um, I don't really have any issues with it now. I, I stay still most of the time. So problems playing quietly. Again, that was another thing that was, I had an issue with as, as a child. I, I still have problems being quiet. Like I, I'm naturally a pretty talk. I mean, a lot of people will hear this and say BS, but, um, uh, I'm a naturally pretty talkative person. Um, uh, when I feel comfortable around you at least. And so, um, big problems being quiet or knowing when to be quiet have always been something that, that I've dealt with. Number 16, unfinished tasks. Um, that's been something that's been a big issue in my life. Uh, there's been books and, uh, all kinds of projects in my life that I've started, gotten a portion through or whatever, and then just kind of left to you know lay in limbo that you know ADHD is a big factor in that um i have one book that's pretty much finished that i never did anything with i think that that's a big part of it and uh i have some others that like i said have have uh are in random like various stages of completion that i that I've never finished, so yeah, that's a big problem with me, and hopefully, you know, one day I'll get the time and energy to finish them all. Interrupting people, number 17, a big, big problem of mine, Um, I'm the type of person when I have a thought, I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily, you know, we talked about paying attention earlier, I'm not necessarily paying attention to what's going on around me, if I have a thought, it just comes out. I haven't, my filter is, is pretty well non-existent. So, uh, people that know me probably know that, uh, if I have a thought, uh, I tend to just blurt it out and it could be completely unrelated to what everybody else at the table or, um, you know, whatever is talking about, but that has been a big problem and, uh, I'm just kind of oblivious to you know, I'm in my own little cone or whatever, and I'm oblivious to the rest of the world, and I, if I have my thought, usually about food or something like that, like, I'm just going to blurt it out, so, yeah, careless mistakes, number 18, um, I may have, you know, may have made some when I was younger, uh, That ties back into the uh, lack of impulse control. Uh, But nowadays, you know, I always pretty much put thought into what I'm doing. So uh, I don't know that that one's very, you know, prevalent now. Avoiding challenging tasks. Um, When I was younger, yes. Uh, I don't know so much now. Um, I don't mind the challenge, you know, I, my whole life has been a challenge, so uh, that doesn't really bother me, daydreaming, I tend to do a lot, um, you know, just thinking about you know, the possibilities of like of, you know, t- t-shirts, and the podcast and you know how's this date that i'm going on going to go um you know just random things and and as i said as far as the interruptions go or whatever uh you know i tend to just talk about just random stuff and uh you never know what's going to come out of my mouth especially my older friends can testify you never know from one day to the next what what i'm going to say Number twenty-one would be trouble multitasking. That's something that I definitely struggle with uh, tremendously. Um, I can focus on one thing at a time, and when somebody asks me to do something else, it makes it frustrates me. At times, makes me angry. I have to I have to just tell people I can't focus on the one thing at a time. And for example, there's people in my family that uh, will turn on the TV and have YouTube going at the same time or or their phone or whatever. And the two things going at the same time just drives me nuts to the point that I can't even be in the same room. So especially if, you know, if I'm trying to do something, um, you know, in the same room with them, I just have to leave because I can't deal with it. I my brain only focuses on one thing at a time and uh when you throw multiple things at me that's when things go haywire trouble coping with stress i'm better at it now than i used to be um well i say that and uh you know saturday when all the stuff went wrong that it did with the podcast the the weather and everything uh you know, it kind of fried my brain a little bit because it was was one of those things where um, I, um, you know, wanted everything to go right and it didn't. And um, I thought about just recording the podcast by myself, but I, you know, I had made a commitment to Malice that, uh, you know, we were doing this together. So, uh, we just decided to, to put it off until we could, you know, meet and do it in person. And that way we wouldn't have to worry about the technical issues and things like that. So that's what we're going to do. But it's something that I guess I do struggle with more than, than I thought. But, um, I, I think I'm, be- I'm definitely better at it than I was. Cause I used to have a really bad time. Like when I, um, you know, would get stressed out about something I te- that's when I tended to make the stupid decisions, go off the rails Um, things like that. Time management issues, number 23. I'm usually very good about this. Um, I'm always early for things. Pretty much anybody that knows me knows, like if, if I'm supposed to be somewhere at, um, you know, three o'clock, I'm probably going to be there at two if at all possible. Um, if I have if I say, usually, if I say, you know, a podcast is going to be done today, it'll be done that day. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good most of the time with time management issues. I, I, if it involves, you know, doctor's appointments and things like that, like I'm never very rarely late. I was mm-hmm. never late for work or anything like that. Uh, so that I'm, I'm good with, but, uh, like I said, it, it's it's that's definitely something I'm pretty good at. Negative self-image, number 24. Uh, that's something I've always had an issue with. Uh, I've always had low self-confidence. Don't know why. Uh, I think because I was bullied. You know, I was called fat. I was called nerd. I, I like, beaten up for no reason. Uh, didn't have a lot of attention from girls until later in my life. Um, things like that. So, um, and when I was younger, um, at first, I really don't want to get into who, but there were people in my life at first that were very supportive. And then later on, um, it got to a point where they would say, well, if you would have done your best, you, um. You know, you could have done so much better than you did. And 90% of the time, or, you know, most of the time, I was trying my best. So that was frustrating as hell. And it got to the point where I was like, why should I even bother trying my best if it's never going to be enough? I, I felt like that I was, all, I was never going to be able to live up to the expectations that this certain family member had, had put on me, and I, um, just stopped trying, and I think they wanted me to follow in their footsteps as far as a career, and the more they pushed that, the further I pushed the opposite direction, and, um, you know, that cost me a lot of money, and, but it also, you know, saved my body to an extent, and um, so I don't necessarily regret that. I do regret that um, I wasn't more receptive to uh, the help he did. They did give me. You know, they, they weren't always negative. They did try to help me along the way. And I wasn't as receptive to that as I probably should have been. And I do regret that. But, um... I don't regret the, um... Uh, you know, choosing my own path. Because my path was not in the oil field. It was elsewhere, so yeah, so, um, like I said, negative self-image, I've always, here lately, I've been called handsome a lot, I just don't see it, I, I will say thank you, and just kind of move on, like, um, ruggedly handsome, maybe, but, you know, just normally handsome, not so much, um, I don't take compliments very well, um, period, um, have a hard time looking at people in the eye. I don't know if people have noticed or not, but I have always been that way. Uh, I think that's a lot of that's anxiety too. Um, I've never really been happy with my body. Um, when I, even when I lost 110 pounds in high school, and was down to 190 pounds, I was not happy. I didn't, I didn't think I looked good. Um, I've always been more comfortable being bigger, you know, between two hundred and fifty and three hundred pounds is always how how I just how I felt I was meant to be, and so um, even though being heavier put a strain on me as far as um, you know my back and legs and everything else, and being able to walk long distances and things like that. I always felt more comfortable, you know, being big than I did being skinny. So it's because of that, I've never been just desperate to diet or anything because I've been there before, you know, I've been skinny before and I didn't feel any better because it was one of those things, especially back in high school, it doesn't really apply now, but it was one of those things back in high school, they just find something else to tease you about, you know, it was like, if you weren't fat, you were a nerd or, or, you know, you were an choir or, or what? I mean, people mean, people would find something to pick up, pick on you about regardless. And that demoralized me big time when I was a kid and still bothers me today. So, um, yeah, negative self is is a result of all that. Lack of motivation, number twenty-five. Here lately, that hadn't been an issue because the podcast is my motivation. Helping people is the motivation, but in the past, uh, you know, finding a reason to, you know, want to get up in the morning and actually be productive has been a problem because, you know, I I applied for SSI. I don't know how many years ago, um, at least five or six years ago, went through the courts, went through everything for for multiple years and had over 500 pages of evidence and was denied and was told by the lawyer that I was using you could either basically just start over or um, you could get a lawyer that actually would cost money and, you know, take it to federal court. This The lawyer that I was using was one of the lawyers that she didn't get paid unless you won or whatever, but she she had done all she could do, and she basically said if you want to, you know, go any higher than this to federal court, you, uh, you know, you've got to hire, you know, uh, bigger lawyers or whatever. So at that point, I just kind of just started decided to start over again and basically hope to get a different judge. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, that was what she instructed me to do. She said, if you would have gotten any other, other judge, I think you would have won. But throughout the whole thing, I didn't really have any faith in that lawyer. Like she, at first she seemed enthusiastic about it, but then it got kind of worse and worse. So, um, I just got to the point where finally I just woke up one day and was like, you know what? It's not even worth it. Um, I've wasted years of my life on this, have absolutely nothing to show for it. They pretty much said in the last correspondence that I had with them that, um, they didn't believe that mental illness was, um, uh, you know, bad enough of an illness that, you know, you couldn't hold a job and things like that. So, you know when they just flat out tell you that your issues, you know the my you know ADHD, um, depression, autism, and low thyroid, and the you know back and leg issues that I have aren't important enough that you know you have any issues working or whatever. When I hear that, I just know they're never going to change their mind. So I just gave up and decided you know keep pushing forward and find another outlet to uh, you know express express how I feel and also to let people know that you know it's not right what there's people out here that deserve help that get turned down for, for just stupid reasons. I mean, I had documentation. I, I've been going to, to therapists since I was 10 years old. I'm 42 now. I've been in mental hospitals twice, tried to kill myself once. I mean, this is something that has been part of my life for 30-plus for years. And for somebody to, to tell me, that it it is not important enough to cause me issues as far as work and everything else. To me, that's a load of crap. And because of COVID, I didn't get to look them in the eye when uh, I talked to the judge or anything. But if I would have, I would have probably got up and said that I think that just the fact that it's gone this far and you've got all this evidence showing how much this has been an issue in my life and showing how much I have struggled with this crap all my life. And then you sit here and you say, Oh, well uh, that doesn't cause you any issues. Well, I want you to try to live a day in my shoes or in any of these people listening shoes that battle this every day of their lives. And then you look at me and tell me that again. And and if you can say it with a straight face, you're a better man than I, or a better woman than I, or whatever the case might be. So, it was a frustrating ordeal. And, you know, that did knock my motivation down a bit because... I had worked so hard, done everything they asked of me to do, x-rays and, uh, you know, was interviewed by I don't know how many therapists and brought in records from, the last, you know, decades and stuff like that, and it was never enough. But there's people out there that take advantage of the system, that they're on, you know, SSI or disability that, that you know, don't really deserve it. And then there's people out here that are, you know, especially veterans and, you know, people that deal with mental health issues. There's people out here struggling that, you know, deserve some help and we're being ignored. And that's one of the reasons I started this podcast because I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of being ignored. Because my story is important, everybody listening. Story is important. These veterans, that they gave their minds and bodies. They gave their minds and bodies for this country. And a lot of them don't have anything to show for it. And that's sadder to me than anything that I've ever had to deal with. And I think that the Social Security people and the people in charge of that should be ashamed of themselves. I apologize for the, losing my control or composure there, but it, I'm passionate. Number 26 would be fatigue. Something that I battle with, uh, just as recently as last night. Um, I, for whatever reason, my medication kept me up till about seven this morning. So, uh, yeah, I'm dealing with a little bit of it today. Uh, it can definitely cause you issues as far, you know, with your motivation. Um, It can cause you to be overly emotional, which I really, you know, I don't think I was overly emotional just then. I mean, that's, I can't talk about certain things, veterans being one of them, without getting upset. But, uh, it definitely, fatigue can definitely cause that. But, yeah, it's definitely something I struggle with. Number 27, physical health concerns. Um you know, sometimes as far as physical health, like sometimes you don't pay attention to things that are going on with your body. Like, uh, if you're overeating or, uh, getting headaches a lot, I battle headaches a lot and sometimes I do overeat and, um, (laughs) you get to a point, especially like if you have depression in conjunction with ADHD that, um, you kind of neglect your body and uh, sometimes if you don't have somebody there to kind of get you motivated to you know get up and take care of yourself, you won't. And so I definitely see how that could be a problem. Um, you know I try to work on it as much as I can, but it's definitely an issue I think for me and a lot of other people. Number 28 is uh, one that we've kind of already talked about, but I'll talk about it again. Uh, relationship concerns, repeating the same mistakes. That's something that I have done over and over and over and over. And it's mainly just jumping back into the same relationship or same, jumping back into relationships with people before you really get to know them that well. And, uh It has bitten me in the rear a lot of times, and uh, for whatever reason, it's still something I struggle with. Um, And I'm hoping I'm I'm doing my best now to be patient with you know the people that people that I do date, and not just dive into something quickly because I know it can blow up in my face because it has a hundred times before. So, um, it's something that I work with and I, I know that, I mean, something I battle, I know it's something a lot of people battle. Um, the thing, the best thing to do, I think is to, um, you know, think about how it felt when it blew up. And is that something you really want to experience again? So, um, yeah, that's, that's number 28. Number 29, substance mis- misuse. Um, that's something I never bothered with, but I know a lot of people uh, have struggled with that. Um, in life, sometimes when you're struggling... You look for something that's going to make you feel good. With me, it was food or, you know, a woman or, for a lot of people, alcohol or drugs or, or, you know, gambling or uh, just whatever. You look for that something in your life that's going to give you that momentary peace or happiness or whatever it is. And, um, you know, I've had... People in my life that alcohol nearly claimed and that drugs nearly claimed or did claim, and it's sad, you know. I was all almost claimed by drugs anyway, and I, you know, I don't even take them, it was just a, stu- a, a stupid. Uh, decision, you know, an impulse decision like we talked about earlier in the podcast that uh, nearly cost me my life. And I know there's people that struggle with drugs every day, not just, you know, one day. And it is tough to, um, it's tough to let go of that. but Especially, especially... When that's the one thing in your life that gives you that peace. Or that happy, temporary happiness. It's, it, it is a struggle and a half. To let go of that. But you know what? At some time, you've got to realize... That the world just isn't about you. That's something I had a hard time, hard time with. The world is not just about you. And your actions, by doing the things you're doing, are hurting your family, they're hurting your friends whoever you're in a relationship with, if you've got kids, your kids. You've got to think about that. And it is hard. It is hard to let that stuff go. But when you take a look at the alternative of being dead, or in jail, or losing your family, it's, the decision's a lot easier in my eyes. And take it from somebody that at one time or another has lost everything. At one time my family said, you're on your own. We've had enough of you. Don't come around here anymore. You know, I've lost girlfriends. I've lost school, you know, my scholarships. I nearly died in a car accident. Nearly died from suicide. I mean, I have had the world put, or, or you know, a pot of gold put in my hands and have kicked it over on my own. You know, and I admit that. But it's never too late You know, as long as you're still breathing, it's never too late to stop, realize that the whole world is not about you, and get yourself together. It's never too late. And last but not least on the list, uh, changing jobs often. That's something that, especially earlier in life, that was a big problem for me. Um, You know, when I was unmedicated, if I had an issue at a job, you know, somebody said something to me that bothered me or whatever, I just wouldn't come back. I did that at, at a grocery store job that I had. I did it at Best Buy, you know. I was very easily annoyed and very, you know, I didn't think about, hey, you might want to find another job before you quit this one. That never entered my mind. It was a point that I constantly try to hit is acting before thinking. Acting before thinking. That's a big, big thing that people with ADHD do impulse decisions, and that cost me a lot, in school, jobs, regardless, but yeah. So, that is my list of, you know, 30 symptoms of ADHD, and if you can sympathize with any of these things, hopefully you can. I think these are, you know, some of the common issues that people deal with. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to what I had to say and I hope you could symp- you know, sympathize with some of the stories I told and, and things like that. And I apologize for getting emotional on the one part of, of the broadcast, but I'm just passionate about that because I think that people with mental illnesses, people with, you know, diseases, uh, you know, LGBTQ people, people of color, so many people don't get the, the respect and the uh, attention that they deserve, and um, I think that needs to change. Women too. Excuse me. I I didn't mean to leave out women, especially with this Roe versus Wade reversal lately. Women definitely should be included in that. I think that it, it that was just a blatant show of disrespect to women. I think that uh, the uh, world. You know, needs to show more respect to to veterans and all the people that I just mentioned because uh, they uh, they deserve it. We all deserve it. We are, we are all worthy of respect, and we all deserve it. So, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. This is a, one of the longer episodes that we've had. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Uh, if you like what you hear, feel free to share this with your friends. We're available on about 11 different networks now. So if you check our Facebook group, you can find out where all we're located at. Um, we will be back soon with more bonus episodes and more normal episodes. Uh, so for the slaying your inner dragons podcast, this is Jackson Herod. Malice will be with me on the, uh, our episode zero coming up soon. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourself and each other. You've been listening to a bonus episode of the Slaying Your Inner Dragons podcast, a bi-weekly podcast hosted by Jackson Herod and Malice.